This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to your latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with your host Christian Walsh. Ian Doyle is still on holiday, this is the longest holiday that man has ever known and our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce, is also away today. We've actually got something a little bit special for you, if you can call that special. It's uh, tall Paul Gorster sitting opposite me, how are you Paul? I'm not too bad Christian, yeah. And as I said before, I'm Christian Walsh and there's only actually two of us in because obviously it's the World Cup, it's the summer, people are taking holidays, they're outside in the sunshine, eating a little bit of ice cream it's not really fair is it and do you know what right I've seen James Pierce before on Old Hall Street I was getting my lunch and I've seen him in shorts flip flops on his way for a pint and do you know what he didn't even offer to come in and get involved I mean it's almost a sackable offence scandalous isn't it? absolute absolute nightmare from James Pierce there wearing flip flops yeah awful <laughs> uh, so, so what we're going to do today you know Liverpool are not doing much in the transfer market at the moment. It's very much anticipated that very little will happen until the World Cup is not necessarily completed, but until it starts to wind down a little bit. Uh, but, you know, everybody is talking about the World Cup. So we thought we'd, we'd, we'd do a little bit of a, a twist on things this afternoon and we'd talk about the World Cup, but put a Liverpool slant on it. That's not saying that we're going to talk about Mane, Salah, Firmino, Jordan Henderson necessarily. What we're going to do is talk about the players who... Have impressed us, and if we were Liverpool scouts, God forbid, um, you know which players will we have seen in Russia who might sort of fit the criteria for what Liverpool are looking at this summer? Still, we already know, of course, that Liverpool have signed Fabinho. Naby Keita is also uh, joining. That was obviously a deal from last year, but there's still work to do. Um, it was a very fast start, wasn't it, Paul? In the transfer window, and it's not fair to say things have slowed down, slowed down because it's just the World Cup. This is what happens, but there are still boxes that Liverpool need to tick between now and the end of the uh, transfer window. Yeah, undoubtedly, I think the um, the Fakir thing. They obviously moved on to that once Fabinho was done and dusted, and that basically came like a bolt from the blue, didn't it? Um, very old school the way it was completed. Liverpool went about the business very stealthily, very quietly, and before we knew it, bang, Fabinho was being unveiled, shirt and all that, Melbourne lean. And then they moved on to Fakir and, and what we understood was Liverpool were trying to get that deal done before he, he went off to Russia with France. Unfortunately, they, they weren't able to complete that and, and it collapsed at the 11th hour. We've spoken about that at length, haven't we? Uh, especially me and you, we were in on the day when, when that did happen. So maybe Liverpool will, will kind of return to the table once the World Cup's over and, and once France are, are out. But for now, it's very quiet, isn't it? We've still got well over two weeks left of the World Cup. So uh, we'll we'll give it a go and, and we'll see what uh, what names we come up with. So this is this is what we know Liverpool are, you know what what they would what would they they would like to do still this summer. Obviously, a goalkeeper is on the is on the list in terms of Allison is is a name who's been thrown out there. He is the number one target, but at the moment it doesn't seem to be a breakthrough there. There's a couple of things with that deal, which are uh, which is denying you know Liverpool any progress on that. There's also obviously the Fakir situation, as you alluded to, Paul. So there is a, I suppose, if you want to go further back, a Coutinho replacement. That that is what essentially yeah. Liverpool wouldn't mind adding to their squad. And then of course there's a there's a player who can play out wide, you know, a bit pacey maybe through the middle as well. Not necessarily somebody who can challenge the front three, uh, but somebody who can certainly add. Uh, some legs into that, yeah. into that from three when Mane Salah, whoever, needs that little break. So what we'll do today, dear listener, is we're going to go through names. It's a bit like a tennis match this. I'll, I'll throw one at Paul and we'll, we'll talk about him and then Paul throw one at me and, and we'll sort of come to a decision and, and say who will be on our Liverpool shortlist for the World Cup. So I'm going to start here. 
Paul with um, Serbian midfielder Sergei Milinkovic Savic. I think I've I yeah. think I've said that right. He's so, obviously yeah. Lazio young lad built like an absolute brick house house. That's that's the yeah. one. Yeah, family friendly. <laughs> I mean, to me, Paul, he, he looks like a real player. I know Manchester United have been linked, but mm. if you're talking about somebody who can link that midfield and attack, the, the, you look at his stature and his physique and you, you'd expect that he's somebody who would be able to play perhaps a little bit deeper, you know, like Matic does at Manchester United. But he's actually really, really skillful on the ball. He's got a good eye for a pass. He's got a shot. He's obviously a presence in the box. He just really impressed me, especially in the first game. I thought he was fantastic against Costa Rica. Not the, not the best opposition, obviously, but you know he's somebody who's, who's caught my eye. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, he was he was very good against Costa Rica. Actually, I remember. I think Joe Rimmer was on scouting duty that day, and we were kind of watching him in the office. And he he was. It was the first time I've seen him. Um, we've obviously heard the name quite a lot linked to, to Manchester United quite regularly in, in this transfer window but that's, uh, that Costa Rica game was the first game we've seen him and, and he did impress he's, he's very rangy isn't he? he's very leggy all action box to box midfielder and he, he was unlucky with, with an overhead wasn't he at one point um, he got himself beyond the strike and it was a bit of an acrobatic header um, I think Liverpool are quite well stocked in the, in the midfield area obviously they brought in Fabinho and Keita and you, you're adding that to, uh, to Jordan Henderson and Genie Wijnaldum James Milner Adam Lallana's on the comeback trail and uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain should be back before the, before the year's out. So there's plenty of competition in those midfield areas, um, hence why I haven't picked him, but I can certainly see why you've gone for him, yeah. I mean, of course, he's young, he's Serbian, he's a, he's a physical midfielder. Mm. Does that sound familiar? It does indeed, yeah. Uh, it remains to be seen what the future holds for Marco Gruic. Um, obviously, we're hearing that Cardiff are, are, are still interested in, in taking him once again and, and there's noise coming out of Italy that, that Lazio are interested so it's, uh, I think it's a big pre-season for Marco Gruic, but uh, I, th- I think Sergi Milinkovic-Savic is uh, further along in his development career-wise. I mean, just really quickly on Gruic, they, you know, you'd hear about Cardiff. Bit of a strange one, isn't it? Because you wouldn't have him necessarily allied with Neil Warnock's style in, in terms of if you're saying to a player, I want you to develop, I want you to learn this side of the game, you know, go to Neil Warnock's, uh, you know... I don't want to be too dismissive of it because I got the promotion, mm. but we all know how a Neil Warnock team plays. It's they can be hard. Don't get me wrong; they play some nice football as well. But ultimately, we know what you're not having much of the ball necessarily at a mm. Warnock side. The battling and the combative, but their qualities I wouldn't necessarily say Grealish lacked when I've seen him in a Liverpool shirt. No, Liverpool fans have only really got a chance to see Marco Grealish in pre-seasons, haven't they? Um, two consecutive pre-seasons where he's kind of. Showing a little bit, and he shows that he likes to tackle. He, he puts his foot in. He, he can get on the ball. He can pass, and he can shoot. But can he bring it all together in the Premier League? And, and that's where the big question mark hangs over him. He hasn't really been given a chance to, to prove that either way, has he so far? Okay, he was uh, he was first on your list. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go with James Rodriguez. Oh. Um, now, obviously, he was one of the players of the World Cup four years ago. And the stock's dropped considerably since then. Hasn't quite worked out for him at Real Madrid or Bayern Munich where he's been on loan. But just watching him for this Columbia side in the World Cup and, and he really makes them tick. He's uh, you know, he, he ran the show against uh, against Poland. He he was you know, he was everywhere and that assist, you know, it was unbelievable. It was one one second they were trying to defend and a little shift of the body and, and he's away and he's he's put Quadrado clean through. And it, it, it was just a timely reminder of his quality, really, because he is. There's no doubt when he's, he's, you know, technically gifted, superb on the ball, and I think he could be an option for that uh, attacking midfield role that Liverpool are trying to fill. Um, now the question mark for me would be, 
has he got the fitness and the legs to, to kind of thrive in a, in a Jürgen Klopp team? And that would be the, the big question mark. But there's no doubt that he is a, a fantastic uh, footballer. I think that's the thing. If the, you know, if there's maybe doubts over Fakir's fitness, perhaps, mm-hmm. and you, he seems quite injury prone to me, Rodriguez. Also, would he be able to play in that? As you say, you mentioned the legs. I think if you're in the number eight position, uh, you know, Coutinho wasn't necessarily a player you'd associate with that before Jürgen Klopp came, but. He did not cover a lot yeah, of ground yeah. when 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 he was when he was he was he was fantastic at it. That was one of his main strengths. Would he have that dynamism? You know, would would Rodriguez be able to? He'd be brilliant as number ten, but does does a number ten really have a place in the Jurgen Klopp side? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I think he's I think he's twenty seven now. He's just turned twenty seven, uh, so he's, he's he's got years in him. But I think that would be the, the big question mark, wouldn't it? You know, can he kind of? Learn that that side of the game, which is so crucial to, to uh, Jurgen Klopp's team, but there's no doubt. And as I say, that in in that central area, he's a very uh, very creative player. And you know him laying balls onto Salah and Mane and Firmino next season. That's a, a tantalising prospect. I quite like that uh, that Quintero as well. Actually, looked quite yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll throw one back at you then. Uh, Herring Lozano. Now Snap. he's obviously yeah. Are you there? Yeah. There yeah. we go. We got our first match. <laughs> a bit like Tinder. This isn't it? A bit awkward. <laughs> yeah, I. I Personally speaking, I mean, obviously, we, we've Everton has shown an interest. Obviously, Marcel Brands, yeah. the Blues director of football, brought him to Europe uh, when he was at PSV. I just, every, the, the first two games, especially, I must admit, I didn't watch the third one. Um, but the first two games, you, you watch him and he just seems absolutely tailor made for Jürgen Klopp's mm-hmm. side. And in the second game, there was a moment where he's tracked back about 50 yards to, to challenge in his own box. And you just, you just think that is absolutely 100% what, what Liverpool mm. would, would like. You know, to have him there at the at their disposal, he's quick, he's direct. He obviously scored that great goal against Germany, and you know, it's it's he's only had one season at PSV, but he just to me seems the type of player who could really, really, you know, got, kick on an even higher level under Klopp. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I was going to mention that incident against South Korea as well. I think a cross came into the box and looked for all the world like they were going to score, and just appeared from nowhere and, and just got rid of it. And so that kind of tenacious, you know desire to track back which which uh, Jürgen Klopp would love um, he's got that typical South American mentality hasn't he where he, he's, he's a fighter and he's a warrior and he, he's allowed that to uh, you know a lot of technical ability and a lot of pace and I think he'd be quite versatile as well playing on either side he could easily come in for, for Sadio Mane say on that left side next season and I, I think it would be a, it wouldn't be as big a drop off in quality as say someone like Sheridan Shaqiri but um, the, the issue with that would be he's probably going to cost a lot more He's had one season with PSV. I think he scored seventeen or eighteen goals. Um, so I, th- I think he'd be ideal, actually. Um, I, r- I really would like to see Liverpool go for Heaven Lozano this summer. You said he had the South American mentality, which is quite impressive because he's actually from Central America. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. though. he is south, he, south of t- South America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tenacious, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he is. He's, it's it is an interesting one though because it'll raise that sort of debate, won't it? Over once again. You know, should Liverpool be looking, and, and the problem here, which we'll go on to, is work permits. But you know, should Liverpool be looking to not be the the, the second move for this guy, but should they be the first? But the issue is, Holland's work permit rules are so relaxed compared to, to compared to the Premier League, so it's it's harder to to get those sorts of players on the cheap. Yeah, it would be, but you know, he's a fully fledged Mexican international, isn't he? He's one of the stars of their team. They're still in the World Cup. They might even turn Brazil over in the uh, in the last sixteen game. So I, I'm not sure how much of an issue that would be. It, I think the the problem would come, uh, you know, at the dotted line. How much would he would he cost? Uh, if he's going to be upwards of forty million, I don't think Liverpool are going to be interested for someone who's probably only going to play 
maybe you know 20 to 25 games a season so we agreed on Lozano mm. who's your next one okay so I'm going to go with um, a, a golden oldie shall we say uh, Diego Godin oh um, I was th- 32 years old <laughs> that's the one that initially jumps out to get a that all he is yeah, yeah. Um, he's about 50. Yeah. Been around forever, hasn't he? I mean, it wouldn't be a long-term signing, but I just think he'd, he'd had so much to, to this Liverpool team. He's an, he's an absolute warrior, isn't he? He's got. He's just one of those defenders who just wants to defend. He's not bothered about looking great on the ball. He doesn't want to bring it out and, and play 30, 40-yard passes with either foot and, and look great doing that. He just wants to stop the opposition scoring goals. And for a squad like Liverpool, who are sometimes accused of being a bit too nice, you know, a team of choir boys, I think he would certainly inject a little bit more... Um, should we say kind of says your Ramos skullduggery, something something along those we'll lines? To say the R word, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they, you know, I've watched him for years, and you know, he'd, he'd tackle his own nan if, if she was clean to <laughs> one goal. He really would. And uh, there was uh, reports in Italian media a few weeks back that he's only got a twenty million release clause, uh, twenty million euros, and there was uh, suggestions that Juventus might be interested. And I think if he do, if that release clause is genuine, Liverpool should should be part of the conversation. He could play in Liverpool's back line for, for maybe two, two or three years alongside Virgil van Dijk and he, he would add so much to, the, to that defence. I think what I would say about Godin, I agree as him as a player, but even at €20 million, Euros, I just, do, you, do you think that Liverpool, that fits into their, you know, their, their philosophy, if you will? Would, would they spend that sort of money on somebody who they're going to get two, three years max out of? Because I've got a player down here, um, which we'll come on to in a bit, who's in a similar situation. Um but it, it's just unlikely because I, I just don't see it's always planning for the future, which has obviously worked for Liverpool recently. Uh, there's no qualms about that. But you know, is it would, would you? It would be a surprise if they decided to, to throw that sort of money on a 32 year old. Yeah, and I, and I don't personally see it myself. But I suppose this exercise is more who would we we like to yeah, see? Yeah. But 20 million euros is you know what's that now? 17 million, something like that. 18 million. That's not a lot of money for for a player these days in the transfer market, is it? When you consider some of the the fees that, that are banded about these days. And for a player as experienced as Godin, I think, not only would he add that kind of fighting spirit and that quality and that desire to, to defend at all costs, he'd had, some, he'd had plenty of experience, actually, because this Liverpool team is really inexperienced. Like, they went all the way to the Champions League final last season. And I think there was only Milner, who, who was like a, a regular with, with Man City before that, that season. It was Firmino's first in the Champions League, I think. Uh, Salah was, was there the year before. And it, was it Manny's? Yeah, it was Manny's yeah, first, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the big stars of that Liverpool team, they weren't even that experienced on the biggest stage. Godin's been there and done it, hasn't he? He, he was so close to... Two finals. Yeah, that historic double in, in 2014, and, and they were unlucky again in, in 16 against Real Madrid. And it, obviously, he's won the La Liga title with, with Atletico. He, he's just the, the absolute, you know, personification of, of, of a warrior. Okay, I'll give you the player who Liverpool were actually interested in. Um, last summer it was, and it was Julian Brandt. Mm. He hasn't, well, he didn't. It's not that he will be able to now because they're out Germany, but he didn't start a game for, for Germany. He was restricted to free cameos, and I think he was one of their best players over the course of the tournament. Granted, he was coming into match situations where they had a lot of the ball. Um, the opposition side were, were sitting back, and, and he had opportunity, if you will, to, to show what he can do. But, I mean, he hit the post with mm. a phenomenal effort against Mexico. He then did very, very similar against Sweden. Uh, against Sweden. Mm. Um, 
he just looked. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, it's the one of the first times I've, I've really watched him. I've watched a couple of games when he was at Leverkusen, but I wasn't looking out for him. But obviously, when he came on, Liverpool were very much interested for him last summer. Uh, they eventually, you know, he sort of indicated that he would stay at Bayer Leverkusen, sign that new deal later on in the in the season. Liverpool worked out all right for them, didn't they? Because they ended up with Mohamed Salah, yeah. but. I, my eye was caught because he, when he came on, I was thinking, well, let's let's just see what he's what what he's capable of, and and you can see straight away, you know, it's only it should be a, a, a disclaimer with this podcast to feel that you know you can't judge players on the odd World Cup yeah. and whatever. I mean, he, that, he that famously uh, famously spouts that one, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. You can't, you know, this isn't. Uh, this is not saying they're definitely brilliant, definitely not. But from what I saw on the, what was he played half an hour, forty-five mm. minutes overall? You can just see where he would have fitted in at Liverpool. He was he was intelligent on the ball, quite nippy with his feet. Got a cracking shot on him. Liked to cut inside, liked to operate, drifted inside, and he's a sort of player. Again, you know, this summer Liverpool are after that sort of player again. They obviously got somebody who was a level up from him with Mohamed Salah. Um, so. For me, he'd be one of those. If you're looking at players, you said Shakiri there, and obviously Moses Simon's another name who's who they've been watching a little bit. And if you're looking for maybe the the, the step up from that, Bram for me would be one of those. Yeah, he's not someone I've written down, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Is uh, what is he? 21 now. Um, he he can't be over 22. Someone that Liverpool are obviously looking at, so he's obviously someone that they they think highly of. Um, only seen flashes of him myself during the World Cup, and he was really unlucky against Sweden. Actually, with that half volley on the edge of the box, um, he had another shot similar against South Korea, which was goal bound, but it was well blocked. And I think he would fit in. Um, you know, he's another one who's versatile. He can probably play right across the front. He's got plenty of time on his side. He's playing for Leverkusen, who might not necessarily demand extortionate money for him. Not in the Champions League either. But exactly. Yeah, um, they just let their goalkeeper go for for less than twenty million, haven't they? So. Um, I think he would be an option, actually. Yeah, um, as I say, he's got years and years on his side, and he could develop, you know, so so well on Jurgen Klopp. Go on, his with another name then. Right. Okay. So similar similar position, um, similar to well, same team. I've gone with Julian Draxler. Mm. Uh, now he'd cost a lot more than, than <laughs> Julian Brandt, wouldn't he? Um, but uh, at, you know, you look at Paris Saint Germain's attacking options, and it's it's an embarrassment of riches. It really is. You know, Gillian Mbappe. Uh, Neymar, Edison Cavani, Di Maria, and then you get to Draxler. It, you know, he's probably not going to play anywhere near as much as he'd like at PSG. Could Liverpool tempt him with, with a little, you know, little offer this summer? I, I think he'd be great. You know, he, he plays on that left where Sadio Mane plays, but I see no reason why he couldn't kind of develop a more central, uh, you know, develop into that central area where they're, they're kind of looking to fill. Obviously, since Coutinho's gone, they've identify Fakir as, as that man but um, I, just, I just think Traxler's a really top quality player he um, yeah as I say I, I, I think he did really well at Liverpool actually he's, he's versatile again he's one of them a lot of these players kind of tend to play across the, the front three don't they and, and I think that's something that Jürgen Klopp wants to add to the squad because the options weren't there last season when uh, Salah or Mane weren't playing but I think he could move centrally, and, and I think he'd thrive. Yeah, it's all about flexibility. I feel you. Mm. Even you look at Fabinho and Keita, who've already come in. You looked at Fakir. Uh, they, they were all players who had that in their locker in terms of did they can play in one or one yeah. or two or three positions. I think when when they signed Fabinho, Klopp said he can play as a two, which is right back. Yeah. He can play as a six. He can play as an eight. So I think that is something that Klopp's looking for. I, I go along with Jack. So I wasn't that impressed with him at the World Cup. 
Uh, but I think it's obvious his qualities in general. Uh, obviously, they were interested in him as well back in January 2017. Yeah. He's already pretty much agreed a deal with PSG at that point. But yeah, I think I think Draxler is, is somebody who, if you were looking at a Fakir alternative, if you will, he's, he's somebody who's certainly supporters that I see on social media and people that you talk to elsewhere just say, yeah, you know, that he, he feels like a, a natural fit. Funny that was we've sort of so we've thrown off six, five, six, seven names out there already, and not one goalkeeper yet. No, I mean, what does that? Te- I've got one goalkeeper down on my pad. Yeah, same. Say, I've, I think the difference because I think I know who yours is, but we'll move on to that in a moment. But is, does that really show you? Because I sort of I wanted to put a goalkeeper down, so I went through all the all the nations, and then you, you've had some good individual performances. I think the uh, was the centre goalkeeper. I think against Poland played quite well. Um, I think the Korean lad played really well against uh, Germany, but you, you wouldn't the, the the Swedish keeper as well against Germany. But you wouldn't say bring them in because they're better than Karius or Mignolet or Danny Ward. You just you, I mean they they are the, the the perfect example of like they've had one good game. Let's and and we all yeah, know yeah. goalkeepers can have one good game. Does this also say a lot for the not the dearth of, of of goalkeeper and talent out there because there's a lot of good goalkeepers, but you know it, it, there's. Everyone talks about Liverpool and the pursuit of, let's say, Alisson or Jan or Black or, or whoever. Why don't Liverpool sign or Black, Donnarumma, whoever? But there's there's not much out there, is there? When when you come to realistic goalkeeping options, who would significantly improve Liverpool between the sticks? Yeah, that's interesting. I think Liverpool fans have kind of got to the point now where they want the absolute best in in every position. Um, so anyone who isn't Jan or Black slash Alisson. They're just not not really interested. Um, I had an in- interesting email. You mentioned there about World Cup performances. I had an interesting email from one of our readers in uh, Iceland um, last week, and he, he was basically espousing about the Iceland goalkeeper. Go on. How did you say his name? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Something son. <laughs> yeah, you, you, a couple of S's are in there. I know that much. He, um, and I think it was after the Argentina game after he he'd saved a messy penalty, and I thought you know that's just a a really left field shout and, and fair play to to, to this uh, this Iceland fan. And when I, I actually googled him, he was a part time filmmaker. So it just shows you that you know one game at the World Cup it couldn't happen to, to any footballer who's there, which is the beauty of the World Cup mm. essentially. But I think Liverpool fans have kind of made their peace with the fact that they want the best. For, you know, speaking of goalkeepers, and in their eyes, that is Jan or Black or Allison. Um, I personally agree with them on, on the All Black situation. I would love Liverpool to go and buy Jan Oblak, but um, there's talk of an 88 million release clause in Liverpool. You know, despite all the money they spent on Virgil Van Dijk and, and the last 12 months where they've spent so much money uh, breaking the transfer record over and over again, I don't think they'd, uh, they'd stretch that far for a goalkeeper. It'd be nearly 200% more than the current yeah. goalkeeper world record, which is Edison and Man City. I mean, that's just ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, and as I say. Um, I couldn't see Liverpool doing that, but uh, it is interesting, isn't it? As you say, you know, Liverpool fans might probably say that he could name ten or fifteen goalkeepers better than Loris Karius, but you're looking you're looking through who's at the World Cup, and, and you, you're kind of thinking the grass isn't always greener. And you know, I, I'd certainly argue that at this point as well. I mean, I remember Ochoa. I mean, he's still there in yeah, goal yeah. for Mexico yeah. now, but. 2014, he had that incredible game, didn't he, he against the, Brazil? Yeah, the big free agent, wasn't he? At the time? Yeah, he was a huge free agent, and, and 
you know, why haven't Liverpool gone in for him? Why haven't and, and ultimately his career's pretty much plateaued. He's done very little for four years, and here we are again saying, yeah. why is no one buying Ochoa? It's just it, it's you know, ultimately the, the the scouts see something that that we don't. Yeah. So that's it. Um, but, but players always raise the game as well for the country. You know, so many players take take pride in in playing for for their country at a World Cup, and they, they just take the level up by two, three, five percent, and you know that, that can make a difference. And I think. Achoa is probably someone who come into that category because, um, you know, club-wise, I don't think he's up to much, is he? Standard Liège. Yeah, I was trying to think, who does he play for? I couldn't even think. I knew that off the top of my head. I didn't, didn't use my phone to Google <laughs> whatsoever then. Uh, who's your goalkeeper then? So it seems we've both got a goalkeeper on the uh, on the pad. Yeah, it's it's a name we've we've all been regularly seen over the last few months, and it's Alisson. Mm. Um, I'd only actually seen him against Liverpool. Um, you know, those two games against Liverpool were... Know that the Reds are on fire and, and they were scoring left and right against them. But uh, I've been obviously keeping a close eye on him during the World Cup, and he, you can see what the, the fuss is about. Really, he's quick off his line, he's assured, he's confident. Uh, he, he, he tends to punch a lot rather than catch, but he, he does kind of get a lot of lot of distance on those, and he's very commanding. So you can see why there is such a um, such, such a fuss about this fella. And I think you know it's another tough one if, if Roma are demanding 60, 70 million. I, I couldn't see that happening. But maybe if it if it was brought down a little bit, there might there might be a little room for, to to wriggle for Liverpool, and um, you know we all know the importance of, of having a top goalkeeper between the sticks. Liverpool might have won the Champions League if they'd have had, you know, a top class goalkeeper in there, and um, I can see why Alisson is thought of in those terms. Obviously, it's only a snapshot of his portfolio for this mm-hmm. World Cup, but not a little concern. The goal that was conceded against Switzerland came for it, didn't get there. Yeah, seen keepers do that before in Anfield. That's that's true, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how much his defence helped him out on that yeah, one, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, things like that happen. Don't they? Teams are always going to concede, but generally, uh, I have been quite impressed by what I've seen, particularly how quick he is off his line. Um, I've seen a few balls over the top behind there, Thiago Silva and Miranda, and he's straight up, straight off there, and he's winning it, and he's clearing it, and he, he's he's good on the ball with his feet as well. It's just very much one of those situations where you know Liverpool, what can they do? He, he's by all by all accounts, he's, he's wanting Real Madrid at the moment, yeah, and, yeah. and obviously Roma are playing very, very, very hard ball. And you know, Liverpool can't just go out and, and spend what you know what they mm. what they what they're asked. That you know that is not. It's just such a such a silly shout. I think to say, oh, just pay the money, no matter what. There's got to be a, a threshold for everybody. There's got to be some sort of and you know, Alisson. We'll see if if they can reach a compromise and if yeah. they can convince them. Talking about goalkeepers, I'll, I'll I'll really go quickly over this one because. Ultimately, I, it's just as I said. I wanted to get a goalkeeper, and personally, Allison hasn't impressed me that much. I haven't seen anything that suggests he's worth the money that Roma are asking for. Anyway, the one goalkeeper I picked out was Matt Ryan, um, yeah. and that's not necessarily the Australian goalkeeper. It's not necessarily what he's done at the World Cup. Um, it's mainly because of of his performances against Bright uh, against Brighton for Brighton. Obviously, you can see the four in the last day against Liverpool, but you know Allison can see the five, um, so he's not alone in that situation. He's good distribution, quite commanding, still young. He's obviously had a decent club career: Valencia, Club Bruges, Brighton. But again, is he that level? As we were saying before, is he that? Is he that? He he would challenge Carius for for the number one jersey, but would he be the man to to definitely take it off him and? Uh, I think that's what Liverpool fans want. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one. When Matt Ryan went to uh, to Brighton, he was someone who I was kind of aware of, and I knew they had he had pedigree. So I was surprised that someone like Brighton had, had managed to sign him. Um, he, he did well at uh, with, with Brighton last season in the Premier League. You know, it was a great achievement for them. 
And I suppose if Liverpool were to sign him, sign Matt Ryan, he, he would, as you say, it would just be you know competition for Carrius. It wouldn't necessarily mean that he's going to be the undoubted number one and and Carrius has days look numbered. But he'd certainly be someone who challenged him. It wouldn't just be a necessarily a, you know a backup signing, which you know some keepers clearly are when they come in. You know Adam Bogdan and, and Alex Manninger are, are two to jump out over the last few years. Um, so I, I think that'd be an interesting one, yeah. And uh, I think I've got the final name, have I? Um, yeah. Have you got one left, or you? No, no, I think I'm, I'm okay. all out. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do this last one. We were talking about uh, somebody who's a little bit older, somebody who's did have a release clause, but doesn't anymore, according to you know well well placed sources in Belgium and whatnot. And the player I'm going for is Tree Smertens. I yeah. think if you're looking at yeah. that backup uh, for Mane Salah, even for me, you know, he can play in the front three. He's very used to that sort of football because Sari obviously deployed that kind of high press and counter attack and football at Napoli to great effect in Serie A this season. Obviously, you know, everybody's seen the little Twitter clips of the, the brilliant moves that they, they hit on the counter uh, Napoli. He's obviously winding down his career there. He's older than you think. He's 31. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's yeah. older than you think and you wouldn't get a lot out of him necessarily. I don't think he's the type of player who'd be going on until he's 34, 35. Release clause-wise, it was always suggested that he had one, um, but it, the deadline struck. Um, so he's no longer available for 20 million. It's, you know, similar sort of price that you mentioned for Gazim. But I think if you're looking for somebody who obviously has scored a lot of goals over the past two years in a, in a good league... Um, he's done it at international level, scored a cracking goal against Panama, and in general would probably be happy for a a change of scenery and b a you know sitting not sitting on the bench every week, but I think he would accept at the age of thirty one that he would be coming on as, as the wild card as, as the first choice to, to come in for for one of the front three. I just I, for me, I think it's a it'd be a deal that would be really worth pursuing, and everything I've seen of him in the first two games of the World Cup would suggest so as well. Yeah, I think if Liverpool could strike a deal for. You know, a decent fee because, as you say, they're not going to get many years out of him. I think that would be an option worth pursuing. I think he's kind of taken his game up so much since he got moved from a wide area to a to a central striker at Napoli. Um, you know, he's scoring. It's almost won a game, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. getting like thirty other season now, isn't he? Since he moved into that number nine role, so he would be um, ideal backup for Roberto Firmino in that position. And again, having played wide in, in his career, he could maybe step up in, into to those areas as well. But you know the issue would be how much would he cost because he hasn't got time on the side, has he? So if there's one name that we've all discussed here. Who would it be? Um, having Lozano. Yeah, Lozano's yeah, mine as well. Yeah, yeah. it's weird that we're, it, it's just that, I suppose that is the beauty of the World Cup. I mean, I'll hold my hands up. Never watched them before. Don't watch the Eredivisie, or certainly didn't last season. Don't think PSV were in any sort of European competition. So you know why would I see him and Lozano mm. play? And then, obviously, he's been linked with Everton, so you see the odd YouTube clip and you try and learn a little bit about him. Then you watch him at the World Cup and you go, bloody hell, like, where, where's... You can, where's, you can where's see the fuss, yeah. No, it's just... And, and it could be one of those where he does this for, for, for the World Cup and, and he's had a good season, strong World Cup, and, and, and that's sort of... He, he's riding the crest of a wave and then, you know, he falls away, but he's still young. He's still obviously got yeah. a lot to his game and he just looks tailor-made for, for Jürgen Klopp, but... Again, as as we said, this it's one of those, isn't it? Where I mean, his, his price if, if PSV were considering selling him, um, his price must have put an extra ten, fifteen million yeah. on that. And obviously, that's why 
you know, Leon, by all accounts at the start, were, were, were keen for, for Kia. That was, I suppose, that was the source of the, the campaign, the World Cup tournament that they were hoping for Kia would have. And, and it seems like it's Lozano who's the one who's increased his value. Yeah, but the, the issue is you can't kind of watch these players for years before making your mark. No. You, you think if they're having a purple patch, okay, sometimes it does fade away. But if players are sustaining it for, for over a season like Lozano has done, there must be something there. And you're kind of thinking, well, why not? Why not take the plunge, take the gamble, bring him to the Premier League, and, and see if he, he can develop and adjust and and see how it goes. Um, from the little that I've seen of him, he, he's certainly an exciting talent, and I think he he's kind of tailor made to, to fill those wide areas when Mane and Salah don't play because at the moment they've got no one, have they? That's it. So that's our World Cup sort of dissection done for now. That as, as we move into the last sixteen, tweet us who you think will be perfect for Liverpool. Who you enjoyed the World Cup? Which players do you think would would fit in at Anfield? Uh, I'm a Christian underscore Walsh. That's Paul T. Ghost. P.T. Ghost, yeah. yeah. Not all, just P.T. Ghost. Uh, and obviously at Live Echo LFC. Just before we go then, very quickly, Paul, that's all very much rumour, circumstance, whatever. Let's talk about something that is happening, something that we definitely know uh, is, is in the offing, and that is Monday morning, back to work. Liverpool are... Going for pre-season uh, at Melwood, and it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because there will be so many questions. I think that that are still there over over the squad after after the Champions League final. Not necessarily the, the, those who were in the Champions League final. I think you're looking at the, the players who played in that 18. Very few of them will not be at the club this time next season. Uh, well, the start of the season, sorry, um, in August, but. There's the players like Daniel Sturridge, like Divock Origi, mm. Harry Wilson, uh, Grivich, but he's not coming back because obviously he's, he's, he's just finished with Serbia in the World Cup. But there's a lot of players where there's question marks over the future, whether that's, will it be at Liverpool long-term full stop or will they be on loan next season? Pre-season's going to be absolutely vital for, for a fair number of players, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because normally um, players come back and drips and drabs, don't they? And it takes weeks before... You know the, the the big names are in there, but I've just jotted down a few before we come on, and you've got Adam Lallana, Fabinho, Naby Keita, James Milner, Loris Karius, Daniel Sturridge, Steve Okarigi, Ben Woodburn, and Harry Wilson. So there's plenty of names there, um, stellar names as well, of big names in this Liverpool squad who, who are going to be basically looking to to catch Jurgen Klopp's eye early on. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Daniel Sturridge. A lot of people kind of feel that his time at Liverpool is going to come to an end this summer. Um, I'd personally go along with that I, I can't see where he, he kind of comes back at this stage he had a loan spell with it, which didn't work out at, at West Brom so it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with him um, and you know the likes of Lallana it, it, you know, it was a season to forget for him wasn't it him and Nathaniel Klein and I think they'll, they'll come back on, uh, on Monday morning raring to go ready to show Klopp that they've still got a big part to play in this Liverpool squad and they've got a, obviously a few weeks up on, on the competition in the Liverpool team um, and obviously Fabinho and Keita, they're going to be the, the big names, aren't they, when uh, Liverpool play Chester next uh, Saturday? Yeah, hopefully they, they at least get a run out. It'll be fantastic for for the club. Uh, Chester, obviously, the chairman's been on record saying that Liverpool are given Chester all of the gate receipts. So, mm. you know, if you haven't bought a ticket, get down there. It's always exciting the first uh, the first game of the pre-season. Gets a chance to see new signings and, and, and you know, young players. And yeah. So, apart from Fabinho and Keita, last question, apart from those two, because they're the obvious answers, I suppose. Which player are you looking forward to most in pre-season? Who do you want to see a little bit more of, even if it's just a little glimpse? Or who do you think you want to see again? Because you just want to, you know, 
be certain that this is you know this is the club for them. Yeah, I, I think I'd go with Divock Origi. I think it's a it's a really big pre-season for him. He's um, you know it, it, it didn't quite work out on loan last season in the Bundesliga, but I think coming back, he's ideally placed to to be that backup striker to Roberto Firmino. Obviously, there's question marks over Sturridge. He he, he might leave. Ryan Brewster's still injured, and he's only eighteen, is he? Um, mm-hmm. So I think um, Origi, it's there for Origi to, to take the ball by the horns and say, "I'm going to perform better than Tom Solanke." Obviously, Danny Ings might leave, and he could be the one who's going to challenge Roberto Firmino for that number nine spot. So I think for him, it, it's uh, it's probably the biggest summer of all. I think for me, I'm going to give you three answers. I think, <laughs> which is you know because there's only two of us. Um, <laughs> I think number one, I'm really looking forward to Curtis Jones. Yeah, I really I hope he gets a couple of run outs certainly in the earlier games in the North West I'd love to see him against Chester and, and Tramier at least um, you know just, just to show what he can do in a first team environment I've got really high hopes for Kersas. Uh number two I'd like to see Van Dijk just from the start of the season because I think he's uh, do you know what? I f- forgot to even know him and Wijnaldum because the Dutch just don't qualify for yeah. international tournaments anymore He's I think he was one of the most underrated aspects of Liverpool's campaign Last uh, last well, the second yeah. half of the season, I think um, he was a massive factor in what Liverpool did in getting to the Champions League final, and I think uh, he's, he won't be like a new signing. But what it will be is having him from the start of the season is absolutely massive for Liverpool. Yeah. I really do believe that, and I think he's he's worth an extra six seven points on his own. I really do I do believe. Particularly that. when you think of obviously he got that ankle injury in January two thousand and seventeen. And then he didn't play then until mm. September. And even then, it was kind of going to the motions. He didn't want to be at Southampton. Southampton just kind of wanted to get to January to offload him. And then he finally got into the Liverpool team. And it didn't take long for him to show everyone why Jürgen Klopp was so convinced that he was the man. So I think with a full pre-season under his belt, ready to go in August, as you say, I think that will be you know, just... So much, uh, so much more beneficial to Liverpool. I think it's a frightening prospect, to mm. be honest, for the rest for Liverpool and the rest of the and the rest of the league. And then finally, the, the, I think the one person that everybody wants to keep an eye on and see how he does is Loris Karius. Yeah. I think it's it's almost not being forgotten. Um, but the last time we would have seen Loris Karius, we all know what happened. We all know the, the, what happened in the aftermath. We know this, the, the the concussion, and ultimately, I think it's a. He's not going anywhere. Liverpool are going to stand by him. Uh, whether that's his number one, number two, wherever Liverpool are not going to are going to stick with him. But it's 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 huge for him to to run out there and, and get a few games under his belt in that pre-season setting. It's not it's not the same as playing a league game. It's not the same as playing a Champions League game or certainly a Champions League final. But it's just going to be important for him to to play a little bit of football. Yeah. What what kind of um, reception do you think he's going to get? From I think he'll get Brooklyn? a good reception. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. so. I really, I really, really hope so. I don't think. I think for all the, you know, to a degree, understandable anger, um, Akarius, um Ultimately, he has received a lot of support as well. He didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't, you know, it was. It, they were two massive errors. But I would hope and and indeed, I, I think that. Anybody who pays their money to go and watch Liverpool and support Liverpool would support him. And I've, I've never really seen anything to to make me think on the contrary. To be honest, in the yeah. you know over the past ten twenty years, I had a couple of brief slips where say you get I don't know Lucas. I remember Lucas was 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 he booed off against West Ham or Fulham in two thousand eight um, when when he came off as sub. And, but I just think the time is to rally around Loris Karius. You know Liverpool have, have made the decision. For me, it's the right decision. Um, and 
whether it's as the first choice or whether it's you know battling with somebody or if it's an understudy again, he deserves Liverpool fan support. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I hope come Chester, if he plays there or, or wherever, he's you know he's 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 welcome back as as somebody who was ultimately a, a, an important part of where Liverpool are now. Played well in the quarters and, yeah. the, and the semis to a degree. Um, I made a couple of big saves in the Premier League as well. So you know, I'd be interested to see how he reacts. Though ultimately, I'm interested yeah. to see. Yeah. You know, will he be more hesitant coming off his line? How will he be when he's distributing the ball? Will Will Jürgen and, and, and John Achterberg and, and the coaching staff sort of double down and say, no, what you do is right? Or will he try and change his style a little bit? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's someone who's never completely convinced me, if I'm honest, and I'm, I'm not being wise after the mm. event, the Champions League final. I've kind of stuck by that on these podcasts throughout. But I don't think Liverpool fans will will react negatively towards him when he runs out of Chester on, the, on July the 7th. Um, I think they will kind of rally behind them to an extent, um, but in the background, I think Liverpool fans will know that uh, the goalkeeper situation d- does need a, a bit of an, an overhaul and, and an upgrade. Um, and I think ultimately that that's that, that'll be a, an opinion which will uh, which will stick amongst fans. But I, I don't see him getting any uh, any booze or anything like that against Chester. Let's hope not anyway, and that, that, that'll do us now. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, this stripped down, uh, unplugged, should we call it? Yeah. Ghost yeah. Walsh Unplugged. Uh, as I said, tweet all your opinions to us and, and let us know what you think about the podcast and also which World Cup players, which players are you looking forward to seeing back in pre-season training. We'll be back early next week. Uh, I think James Pearce will be with us if he's not in the pub in his flip-flops. <laughs> uh, and we'll be discussing the start of uh, the pre-season when basically Liverpool Football Club, it all happens again. Yeah. Take care. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.